You're listening to Things of Faith. Welcome to Things of Faith, the podcast where we get to discuss the things of the Christian faith with a goal to have our confirmands and young people listening with their families to hopefully open up interesting conversations. So Pastor Michael Stoops at Hebron Lutheran is joining us as he regularly does for us to discuss these things. So welcome, Pastor Stoops. Thank you, Pastor Scott. Always good to be here. Absolutely. And um, we are continuing to talk about these generalized topics so that we can lay some foundation and then us move together and hopefully open up places for conversation to be happening in your home. So we love feedback. We love uh, hearing your questions and just enjoy having these conversations. So last week we talked about God the Father, and now we're going to move into God the Son, specifically thinking about him as Savior. So thinking about the Trinity, God the Father, and we talked about creation and our um, relationship to our fathers and how that gets played in there. And then moving into what they call the second person of the Trinity, which is God the Son. And in his role in particular, this is what we want to zoom into, is his role as Savior. And so to start, let's talk about why we need to be saved. So as we were preparing for this time, that kind of language of needing to be saved feels a little antiquated, um, but Mm -hmm. yet is so important because there needs to be there needs to be a need there has to be a reason um, for this so as we are talking what is the what's one way to think about our need to be saved yeah yeah Scott I, I think you're right on in the idea of well this this can sound antiquated or it sounds um, kind of weak right to, to have to be saved from uh, from something but you know, in reality, it's um, we're all looking to be saved. We're all looking for a savior. You know, and, and the way we talked about it, or the way I've talked about it sometimes, is like when you watch uh, late night infomercials, right? You you watch these infomercials, whether it's a workout routine or it's a a new cooking implement, and in in all of it, you're you're watching, and suddenly you're like, wait, I need that. Like there's there, right. it's showing you that there's a problem. It's showing you that there's something wrong, and this product will fix it. Right. This product will be your savior. And, you know, that extends not just to late night infomercials, but man, how many of us treat relationships that way? Yeah. Right. We're like, oh, if I just had a girlfriend, if I just had a boyfriend, if I just had the right girlfriend or boyfriend, then that would fix the insecure parts of me or the parts that are are unhappy or and in so many ways we're we're looking for a savior. We're looking for someone to try and help us avoid what we don't want. Yeah. uh, Our our personal, you know, hell, if you will. Yeah. Um, and, and so we're all, we're really all, regardless of whether we say we're religious or we're spiritual or we're none of the above, we're all looking for someone to save us. Yeah, and I think it's a wonderful analogy to think about advertising because, you know, advertising makes, advertising executives make a ton of money creating and pointing to our needs and then giving us the solution, which of course they'll sell us for nine ninety nine or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. And so that... It works so well because we all have a need, right? So the reason that advertising does work so well is because there is that need and there is something 
inside of us that is longing uh, for completion. Mm-hmm. And this, I believe this is how Lewis then would talk about that God-shaped hole, right? That we all are constantly trying to fill is is this need, this longing to be complete, to be known, to be loved, to be um, satisfied. And we are spending our lives searching after that. And we all fill it in many different ways, but it all doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, go ahead. Well, and, and that's where Jesus is, is different, right? Because he's actually what we need and he actually can provide what we want. Right. What, what we want in the deepest sense of completion, of acceptance, of forgiveness, of love. Yeah. And, and it is realizing that, that we then can accept the fact that we are lacking. And, mm. and we've, you know, not used the word yet, but I think it's important to put the theological term that all of this would fall under the category of sin, not in just the easy, not easy, not in the way we think about sin as a, you have sinned against me, you've done this action wrong, but in our helpless state, the very nature of our fallen state, the nature of sin in which we live, being without help, without rescue, uh, we are in need. And that is the fallen nature of man. We cannot save ourselves. Yes. And, and, and not only do we inherently know that as we're looking for other lesser saviors, but I mean, the beautiful thing about Jesus saving us is not just uh, like one aspect of it. Like it's not just fire insurance, um, but it's, it's a relationship. Right. And it is him uh, bringing us along in all those ways. Well, back to what we talked about last week is that there's a God who's a father who wants to have a relationship with us. Yet we are like the prodigal son looking for other ways to fulfill that relationship. And maybe, father, if you give me what I'm supposed to get later, I can go off and find fulfillment. And ultimately mm-hmm. with the son, he doesn't. And you know he's longing to fill his belly with the pods the pigs were eating because he's just in such dire straits. And so I think it is a is another way for us to to recognize that relationship is the core of what we are saved for and into with him and we can't do it ourselves. We we spend a lot of time trying and even mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. we know that Jesus is the savior, even after we recognize this need we come back into worship and and the dinner like oh darn it i'm using that thing to try to save me <laughs> right i mean mm-hmm. even even when with this is part of who we are that um that part of us searching for a savior is cont- continuously finding other things to believe in which is why it's so great to be in community why it's so great to have sermons have bible studies to have people around us to say hey where are you looking to save you and and pointing us back to jesus yeah well and and that's where like i would encourage you know any 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 students who are listening or any younger people of like really learn from the the you know, learn from those that have gone before you and learn that you can keep chasing. Yeah. I mean, you can spend your entire life chasing some other kind of savior. Right. But, you know, like 
we man we don't we don't we just don't learn yeah yep. <laughs> sometimes right we, we watch other people chase you know yep. drugs or addictions or or any of that kind of stuff and yeah. we go well okay that that doesn't lead anywhere uh you know we've watched people chase um more and more money more and more status yep. more and more fame all these things and you know if we just open up our eyes and look and go hey you know what maybe there's a better way yeah well and, and then looking to jesus the son as savior he didn't chase any of that, right? He had no mm. need to go around and try to fulfill because he was without that thing that we're talking that we have, right? He didn't have this endless need to be fulfilled, this endless need. He was 100% because he was divine in communion with the Father, with the Spirit, good in of himself, and yet at the same time desiring to restore our relationship. And so mm. when we look at him as as savior, he's doing something for us that he did not have to do and he's also modeling a way of living for us that is um a model, uh, modeling a model, um that he is modeling a way of living for us that we have the privilege then to go, "Oh, that's what life can be." And I think about a book called The Indwelling Life of Christ that I have, and he mentions this, that Jesus is the only normal person to ever have existed, hmm. Hmm. that he is the he is true humanity because he's living in total relationship with the Father. And so we very often put him into superhuman, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, he's buff. But he's just showing us what it is to live in reliance upon the Father. And so he didn't, when he came, didn't have to uh, sacrifice for himself. And this is where in the Old Testament, the priests, they had all the same issues we have. So they had to sacrifice themselves. But he could become the perfect sacrifice by actively choosing, actively becoming something that is foreign to him so that he could give us this new thing which is a restored relationship to God. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, yeah go, well, and, go. This, and that, and that, of course, raises you know the question that you know we've talked about in the past of, well, why, why then was Jesus the only way? Right when, when we quote Jesus saying, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and we we talk about um, again more theological terms of the exclusivity of Christ. Yeah, that Christ is the only Savior. Right, um, and. Uh, you know that obviously, you know, to a to modern ears, that sounds very exclusive. Um, it doesn't doesn't sound pleasant, um, and and so I think I think it's it would be important for us to talk about well, why is that? Why why what makes Jesus different than any other quote unquote pathway? Yeah, to to the divine or to the spiritual or to God. So what's the answer then? <laughs> <laughs> what makes him different? Well, I, I mean, I, and I think you were touching on it, right? I mean, you, you, the what makes it different is that you know he is our mediator, yeah, and only he could be the mediator, only he could be the perfect sacrifice, only he was fully God, right? So he could live a perfect, sinless life, a most human life, right? And only he was fully human, right? At the same time, yep, and so that he could uh, suffer, yep, uh, in our place for our sins on the cross and be raised from the dead as the first fruits of the resurrection. Right. 
So uh-huh. in, in that divine nature is also necessary for him then to be the Savior, right? So those two things, those two doctrines where we believe that Jesus is fully God and fully man, as well as the Savior, because he's fully God and fully man, he's able to be the Savior, mm. right? Yeah, so, well, he's, he's the only one who could make, yes. whose death could actually make atonement for sin. Right. The, the animals, the goats that were sacrificed on Yom Kippur before couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Because, well, A, they weren't human, but they weren't the perfect sacrifice. And so in being the divine one, he was able to live the sinless life to um, model what it is to have this Trinitarian relationship in being perfectly human. He actually, as you mentioned, can suffer. And so he can have a um, receive this punishment for what sin is. And then die a real death because he's human. And I think it's important that we remember that he was actually dead. He wasn't faking dead, but he was really dead. Mm -hmm. And then, as is said in the scriptures, you know, I just read it in Acts last week. And then God raised him from the dead. So God raised him up because of his perfect substitutionary sacrifice for us. And then Paul goes, and so... Because we know that God raised him up, we are assured that he will raise us up. And that hope lies in the future, but we live in a restored relationship with God now because of that hope. Right? Yes. Yes. So, I mean, there's he, a lot of weaving yeah. that we're throwing together there, but I think when you see that whole package, it, it's reason to come on Sunday morning and worship <laughs> for me, yeah. you know? Well, and I, and I think it also addresses an issue because, like, uh, again, in, um, you know, a, a lot of people are drawn to Jesus, right? And a lot of people are especially drawn to his ethical teachings, the way he lived um, in a life, uh, you know, a nonviolent, um, yep. uh, non-retribution, uh, handing vengeance over to the Father and not taking it upon himself. Um, you know, I, I think there's an attractiveness to that. And, you know, I mean— to to show our age, you know, there there were the the what would Jesus do bracelets, yeah, exactly, which you know obviously have a limitation when Jesus reads people's minds and you know is right. sinless and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, but um, but I, I think it's important for us to to as we're weaving these things together to realize that he, uh, he is he meant to be our example. Yes, we're called to walk in his steps, both yep. in his. Uh, life in his lifestyle in his sufferings and his love we were called to walk in that but he has to be our savior before he can be our example right like sometimes we want to short circuit it just live oh i'm just going to live a good life yes and and man we need that power like we need the power of the holy spirit the yeah. power of the resurrection uh that relationship with him right. to then live for him yeah. Yeah. And to realize that that is his position. He is above us. He is the one who saved us. Um, I think about the wisdom literature. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding. To understand our position in relationship to the Savior then allows us to see those other things. But if we, because as we mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, we are tempted to find other things to fill the role of Savior. And so the more often we put those in places, the more then we miss that proper uh, life and the freedom that comes from realizing that the Savior has done the work for us. 
And so, you know, as tempting as it is, because there are momentary endorphin boosts from the different things we talked about, success, fame, relationships, mm-hmm. money, mm-hmm. Uh, drugs, that we go, oh, yeah, okay, that's, that's doing that thing for me that I need. None of it will long-term be what it be the savior, be what it can, what we're hoping it to do. So I think that it's really important for us to understand the fullness of his divinity and his humanity, which make him take that role as savior and to constantly be reminding ourselves and others that he has done this to restore the relationship for us and to put him in that proper place. And I think that leads us to um, a place that the New Testament calls us to again and again, uh, a place of humility, right? Because yeah. like, especially in our society, well, you need a savior, I'm, uh, you know, you need a crutch or you're, you're weak or, uh, you know, and, and this is kind of saying like, yeah, we all are. Like we all have that limp. We all have those issues. We all have those addictions. We all have that sin. Yeah. And, you know, we as Christians just go, hey, we... We, we found the Savior, man. We, right. we we need him, and we need to be reminded of him. It doesn't yep. make us better than anyone else, but it 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 just keeps us humble and going, yeah. you know what? We don't have it all together. In fact, it doesn't make us – it makes us realize we're not better than anybody else. <laughs> it makes mm-hmm. us yeah, realize yeah. that we are the ones who are in most need, which is why in Second Corinthians, you know, Paul says, when I am weak, then I am strong, because – I have that recognition that in my weakness, I can actually submit to the one who can save. And yeah, it's a, it is a humbling reminder, but an important one. And, and again, we need one another to remind us of this because it is, it's too foreign to us in order. It's too foreign to us to remind ourselves. We need mm-hmm. other people to say, Hey, Remember what Christ has done. Remember um, the way we're looking to idols. Remember that that can be an idol too. You know, anything, uh, anything that is not Jesus can be an idol. Your daily devotion time can become an idol. Um, even coming to church can become an idol. But we look to the Savior to do the work that only he can do. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that this has been a wonderful opportunity for us to consider these different things. I am grateful for you, Pastor Stoops, for oh. talking these things out with me. And I hope that you guys who are listening found it beneficial. Excellent. Same. Thank you so much, Pastor Scott. Okay. Have a great day and look forward to next time. Bye. You've been listening to Things of Faith.